0: So I have a bit of a question for you. I'm wondering, you know, in today's day and age, we're in 2022, we have all the tech that you can ever dream of, all the software, like all the most amazing hardware. I look at Apple launching their new iPhones and their new iPads and all sorts of stuff and all their watches and that. You know, there's more innovation happening with the watch because it's newer than there is with the iPhone. The iPhone, the new one, looks exactly the same. It's got better specs, faster things, but it still looks and operates sort of the same my question is this. So with all of this amazing things around us that's been used and tested for like, it works, right? Why are we still looking for new tech? Why do we still feel that our tech isn't working for us? It's working for 10,000 other users. It doesn't work for me. My business is too unique. Everything is too, and that's sort of the question I have. Why do we do that? Well, hopefully in today's session, I'm going to share some principles that uh, we can employ and use in order to maximize the value that you unlock by using the technology in your financial planning practice. This is Propulsion. Propulsion the podcast for forward-thinking and driven and ambitious financial planning professionals. It is the catalyst to the exponential growth of your financial planning practice, your business, or your franchise. Uh, This is where professionals come in order to learn about the latest technology, to learn about best practice when it comes to running and managing their business, as well as marketing, sales, relationship building, the best and most valuable interviews with local and international guests, and a whole host of other things. without any further ado, here's your host, Fransha Dutoye. Let's get started. So the first thing I want to talk about, obviously, when we talk about getting the most out of your technology in your financial planning practice, is a very simple place to start. And that is having the right tool for the right job. Now, obviously, I think, there's a lot of things where we feel like, you know what, we're looking for that one system as we all spoke about. I'm gonna talk a little bit about that more later, but ultimately it is to understand that whether you are one man, one woman practice, whether you're, you're building your practice within a bigger FSP or whether you are the FSP and you are building your practice and whether you then just, it's just you and a team or there are several financial advisors working in your business, it doesn't matter you've got to understand that your practice is a business. We need to run it like a business. We need to understand it like a business. We need to put things in place that a proper business would have in place. And uh, therefore, if we look at all the different areas of uh, a financial planning business or any other business for that matter, there are several different things that need different functions, different access. There's different information that needs to flow Uh, So there's all these different things. And some of the main things that I feel we need to understand what tools do we need for this specifically uh, is, first of all, relationship management. And when I talk about the relationship management, I'm not talking about a place where you can put your client's information like the yellow pages. That's not the point. We need that as well easy to find the information, link more information to it, basically their digital file, if you will. So uh, you obviously need the basic information. But managing a relationship is understanding the conversations you've had in the past with them, understanding what have come out of those, making notes about those, having something to refer back to, having certain notifications. And I'm, not again, not talking about birthday notifications and anniversaries and that kind of stuff. But there's other things that this can help you remember and it can help you actually be proactive in the way that you deal with that client. So everything, all the information around the relationship you have with a particular client needs to be in that system. So there's a need for proper relationship management because one, you can't remember everything. Two, nobody else can remember everything. So, and uh, that information becomes very valuable the day you wanna sell your business as well. Then record management. And record management, I call it record management because first I put in there like document management, but that sounds too, I don't know, too simple. Record management. So record management comprises everything. It comprises documents. It comprises proof of IDs and FICA kind of stuff. It comprises all the agenda notes and meetings that you've had with clients, all the applications you've done, paperwork you've done, all the records, phone calls, emails, all those things. We need to manage those right? So that's important. Obviously, if you're in financial planning, planning tools are quite important. And uh, to understand the type of planning you do, how you do it, who you do it for, what the needs are, um, is quite important. Then a big one, which a lot of people are now coming on board with, that I've seen because the conversations have changed drastically about this in the last bit that, that I've really had these conversations with a lot of people, and that is on reporting. It's amazing how three, four years ago, um, people were not that bothered, I would say, about communicating with clients and sending them investment statements or sending them information regarding their portfolio proactively and things like that. Because we still in this belief that, uh, you know, when you invest, you never should look at it, it's for the long run, just leave it. But I also feel that that's maybe a cop-out because we don't have want to have these hard conversations when we need to have them. Uh, and maybe it's because we don't feel like we have the skills or, or the ability to have them properly, or it makes us uneasy or whatever the reason might be for, for each individual person. But now, people have started to see the value. And I've been preaching and professing this value of sending a monthly statement for years. It's not now, I've seen it in action since 2008. I experienced it myself doing it from 2013 until I sold my practice. The power of being in contact with a client every single month with something that they are going to open and that they are interested in is the trust, the credibility, the power that you build off the back of that, the opportunities you unlock uh, off the back of that is incredible. It's almost, you know, it's counterintuitive if you think about When markets are down, you think you send out statements to 300 people that, oh, now I'm going to get a flurry of of phone calls. Well, if it's the first time you're sending out statements ever, then absolutely. But if it's not the first time, you've been sending it out now for 12, 18, 24 months, and now there's a drop. I promise you, I saw this. Almost no one phones. Why? Because they know you're looking at it. They know that every month they get a statement. They know that they're in good hands. The trust has been built. And uh, so often we, we saw people just replying to those and saying, oh, by the way, I've now got this. I need to talk to you about X, Y, or Z, and whatever it may be. So reporting in that sense, but in a not just reporting for the sake of reporting, but in a consolidated way with sort of your branding, your look and feel, those kind of things are extremely important. And to produce those easily, is obviously the other thing, and excuse me if I'm shouting, but the but the that's the other powerful thing. So this about trans we've we've been talking about transparency and all this kind of stuff for years, and there is no better way than having proper reporting in place. So that is a very big aspect of of having the right tool for the right job. Then HR, I think this is an area that is probably neglected most. Uh, We don't think of it as that. We're a small business. If people want to have leave, there's some document that they can complete or I don't know, um, but there's actually a very easy way to have people manage this online, for example. What about things like if you want to appoint people? What if you need to discipline people? What if you need to like, what processes and systems do you have in place In order to manage that and to manage the information of your employees effectively. So a very important area. Then another big one for me that I'm very passionate about is revenue. And I particularly split revenue and accounting from each other because they are not the same thing. Revenue forms part of accounting, but accounting does not really consider revenue apart from how much was the revenue for the year. There's no way that an accountant is gonna look at your revenues and really like show you exactly where things are coming from, where the risks are, you know, where you're doing a good job, where you're not doing a good job, those kind of stuff. So revenue management is extremely, extremely important um, and definitely something that one needs to consider. Again, whether you just get commission from one place. <laughs> I just had a conversation last week with someone saying to me, oh, they've gone onto on on one of the systems, And they just work for one company, right? They are building a practice within one FSP. They get only commission and income from that product provider. They picked up how many things where they weren't paid correctly for a number of years already. So there's things that you are losing out on because you don't have the information readily available. And how can you run a proper business and a proper practice if you're not on top of things? So these tools are meant to make life easy for you and to really show you things that you've not known before, that you haven't seen before. And even if you then get to know, you know that you're staying on top. So the right tool for the right job is extremely important. The last part is accounting. And especially if you're going to start invoicing people, a lot of people are now invoicing for certain services and, and so forth. and Some are not. Some are still trying to do sort of ongoing um, agreements, uh, what do you call them, like retainers and things. Uh, others are just like whenever I do x, y, and Z, then I charge for it, or the client has an option of how they want to work. doesn't matter. But a proper cloud accounting system is absolutely crucial. And once you've got all of this, these tools that are in the cloud, the chances that you can integrate all of them becomes extremely, extremely high. Not to say that there won't be effort involved, not to say that you can do it yourself. But the chances of now sort of getting to that point where we can have a central base for certain information and then have other things plug into that becomes so much more easier. So those are the different areas where I'm saying like you need the right tool for the right job. All right. The next point. Again, we are still on this looking for this holy grail of finding a system That can be everything just recently i saw somebody ask again you know why don't they build xyz into the system why don't they do this why don't they do that and here's my experience right my actual experience with systems that offer you everything so that everything in one system dream that we all have the problem with that is that often and i say this with respect to these system providers that they don't have the resources to support each and every single module properly. So if you think about that versus somebody who focuses on something, that is their life, that is their business, that is what they know. I mean, they have a team of 20 people just doing this one thing. The system provider giving you everything in one system have maybe one, I promise you it's scary, one or two people that can help and support. And now a lot of the times when it comes to systems, it's all about the data. And it's expected that you take ownership because it's your data, all right? But you can't because you don't have the resources, nor do you have the time. So now you're looking to the system provider, but help me, you bigger, you are, you know, but they just don't have the capacity in order to do that. Versus the businesses that are focusing on a core function, one of those that I've maybe given you, they focus on that, and they've got a team of 20 people doing just that. I mean, obviously, the experience is different. Obviously, the outcomes are different. But you have a what seems to be like a disparate system. So the systems are not talking to each other yet. And, and that's the, the one big frustration because that may lead to us having to put more information into systems and, and having to rekey things. In other words, I've put it in here, but I've got to capture it there again. So now I'm duplicating work, basically. And those are the kind of things that um, then becomes a bit frustrating. So integration, in my mind, is key versus the one. Now, I'm not saying that there's a system that offers you everything. Maybe it works for you because maybe you're not as busy as some other people and you have the time to go and do all the stuff yourself and manage your data and do all those things. Or maybe you're willing to appoint someone in your business to do that. Then fantastic. If the tool works for you, it works for you. So I'm not saying that a one system is bad and separate systems are good. What I'm saying is, and this is going to get to sort of my, some of my next points, but it is important for you to understand what are you looking for? Why are you looking for it? And what are you trying to achieve at the end of the day? And how are people going to partner with you to make it happen? In financial planning, you can't have a knock and drop system. You can't have a system where you say, there it is, you go and buy it online. Fantastic. There you go. You use it. Don't call us. Everything is online. I don't believe that that's the way that things should work. And often when you get to those kind of levels, that is that are the things that, that one needs to contend with and accept. And then we get upset and we go look for another system. And then we get to another system and it's the same story over and over again. So I'll get to some of those points um, in, in a second. So that's my thoughts anyway on that one system to, to rule them all, seeing that I'm watching the rings of power now on, on Prime. So... The other big thing, and I've spoken about this in some way, shape, or form before, but you've got to know that whenever you implement technology and whenever you bring something new, that you have to understand that the research, the demos, the decision-making process, all of those things, that's not when it stops once the deal is signed. That's when the real work starts. So you've got to understand that you have to invest time and effort. You are going to go through frustration. Your team is going to go through frustration. It's going to be disrupting to your business for a while until you get comfortable with whatever it is that you're using. So I can tell you today, unequivocally, there is no such thing as plug and play. Plug and play is something that was made popular because it's, it's a lack of thing to say, plug and play, plug and play, Right. I mean, not even Apple is really plug-and-play in my opinion, but that comes from where you take a piece of hardware, plug it into a computer, it installs itself, and you can use it immediately. That's plug-and-play. But you can't get a system, you looked at it, the demo looks fantastic, like it ticks all your boxes, and then there's the system, and then it's not going to run by itself. You've got to learn how to use that system. Your staff has got to learn how to use that system and adoption shouldn't be an option. It is, this is the system we use. It's not a case of, oh, Pity, you can use what you want, and Susie, you can use that. As long as you're happy, my business depends on, on your business. So, like, no, you can't build a proper business with, with that. I mean, that's a lot worse than having separate systems that needs to communicate with each other. So very important, from my view anyway, that uh, just understand that there is no such thing as plug and play. There's no such thing as a user-friendly system. That's absolute nonsense. There's there's more beautiful systems, um, and there's systems that may be more intuitive, but I, I don't think that necessarily makes them more user-friendly. There are people who's using the system day in and day out that you say is not user-friendly, probably. Why? Because they took the time to get to know the system. That's the only difference. Whatever system you're using today, my advice is always start with what you have. Go and learn it inside out before you say, this isn't working for me. Spend the time, spend the effort. And also, you know, you can outsource those functions. You can ask other people to help you and come and do things for you. But that's not helping you understand the system. They will build things how they think it should work, and then it still doesn't work. You don't get involved. So uh, very important that one is involved and that you really, really invest the time and the effort. You've got to understand a few things here. One is the interface. In other words, where things are, how to navigate, where to go, et cetera, et cetera. You've got to understand the calculations that are done in the planning tool. If somebody says to you, we use discounted cash flow, or we use um, whatever, doesn't mean that you know and understand where things come from, because their interpretation of those things might be different. So very important that you get to be comfortable with the calculations, because only once you trust the numbers will you be in a position to really use that with confidence, because otherwise you're always going to doubt yourself, and For that one out of 10 clients asking you, where does this number come from? You're going to go, I don't know, Um, and it's going to freak you out and you've got to stop using it. So that's very important. The third thing is the output. You've got to spend time with the reports because unfortunately, in a lot of instances, you can't have your own reports. So uh, you use those reports. And I've seen too many people at Mug & Bean read from the top to the bottom, next page, top to bottom, and that says to me that we haven't spent the time in order to learn these reports and understand where things come from and what are they saying and what are they trying to position. The fourth thing that goes with that, and that is the last thing that most people spend time on, is figuring out how do you engage. Now, I've, I've, I've had a pet peeve with this for many, many years where I'm telling system providers, guys, you've got to build an engagement process around your output. Nobody's listened. I don't think they get what I'm saying. So it's up to us to go and figure out how do I engage with my client around this? Which pieces of this is really important? How can I position this? How do I explain this? How can I use an analogy in order to do this? How do I pull the client into this conversation as we had a show or two ago, two shows ago, where we I was speaking about client engagement to actively be involved in their own planning? How do we do that? But you've got to spend time with the output in order to figure that out for how you want to do it. And you've got to play, make mistakes, and repeat. Play, make mistakes, and repeat. Play, make mistakes, and repeat. That's the only way to learn. We can't be afraid to make those mistakes. We've got to be out there just playing, just putting anything there. Take clients for whom you have done planning, go play around with those things and figure out what, what, what that does for you. Righty, so next point. I'll get to the to the comments in a second. Next point. um. And here's a very strong statement and please <laughs> don't, don't run me over when you see me next time. Um, but I promise you in 99.9% of the time, it's not the tool, it's the user, uh, unfortunately. So it's not the car, it's the driver. I can promise you if the car is in an accident, it wasn't the car's fault, it was the driver's fault. If uh, something happens and, you know, it's not the car, it's the driver. We didn't maintain, we didn't understand, we whatever it may be. So 99.9% of the time, I find that if somebody says something's not working, it's not the tool, it's the user. So just, you know, knowing the tool itself, so if we're talking about software or hardware, whatever it is that you're using, it's not just about knowing that. What it is, there's other things required. So one of the things is that you've got to know and understand your own processes inside out. Are they documented? Do you know exactly what needs to happen? Who's responsible for what? Because that's the only way whether you can judge whether a system can actually help you drive that and automate a lot of that is if you really have that knowledge. The second thing is financial planning knowledge. We can't use these systems effectively and efficiently if we don't have the required financial planning knowledge because otherwise things won't make sense to us and we won't be able to explain things. We won't be able to intuitively know if I put it in that field, that should happen. If I put it in that field, that should happen. And thirdly, when I look at the output, it's very hard to to just quickly see, oh, something looks off. So financial planning knowledge is critical if you want to use any kind of financial planning tool. doesn't matter how simple or how complex it is. It is absolutely imperative. And um, then the last thing, obviously, is client engagement. Uh, skills um, and 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 a process for that. So that's all the stuff you need in order to really get the most out of your tool and understand that it's not that the tool isn't working for me. I'm not working the tool. So if you are and it's then not working for you, by all means go and look for something else, because then there's a reason. And you remember that I always say you got to find a system, a tool, a set of tools, a set of whatever that fits your business. You shouldn't have to go and change your business to fit the tool now that doesn't mean that a system can highlight something for you that's not as efficient as you think it is or as it could be so you might want to go and then revisit and say well is there something we can do better from a process structure point of view but if you're happy with how everything is everything is set up and everything's working then you've got to find that 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 right um system and this is also where i see a lot of people go wrong I've been involved with a lot of things that we call RFIs or requests for information where you have all these questions, but they're almost sort of standard. Can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? If not, why not? And and if so, you know, sort of need to, and this is this massive document. It goes back to the people looking at this and they decide, oh, we want to see a demo for X, Y, and Z. That request for information needs to be customized in line with your requirements. So that is the starting point. Like, where do you want to start with your business what are the things you're trying to to solve so with that i want to get to the first question you should be asking whenever whether you sit today with your current system or whether you are looking for a new system or you're looking for a system for the first time the first question you should ask is not what does it cost funny enough i know of research that shows that in south africa All financial planners, the the far majority, price is the first thing they ask. Price is the biggest determinant of which system they go with. I think it is a recipe for disaster, and hence maybe why so many people are not happy with what they've got. So it's not what does it cost. It's not the right first question to ask. I'm not saying don't ask what it costs, but that's sort of the last thing you should find out. It's not the first thing. It's also definitely not, can you show me a demo? Um, I'm so keen to see what your system can do. It's not the the correct first question. You also shouldn't be asking, like, what features does it have? It's not. What is the first question? The first question is, what job do you need to get done? What job do I want to get done? What problem am I trying to solve? What results am I looking for? What does success look like if I get a system that really works for me? What does that look like? What does a day in the life of me look like? A day in the life of my team, a week, a month, whatever. What does our business look like? And how do we leverage off of a system like this? You've got to be clear on those things. Unless you are clear on that, you can't go like, what features am I looking for? Because what are you going to do? You're going to sit there and then look at this tool and it's amazing. And the guy who presents or the lady who presents is absolutely phenomenal. They blow you away. Then you look at the next one and then, oh, this is so fantastic. And then the next, oh, this is even better. And then at the end of the day, you make a decision based on price because they were all cool. That's not how we should be choosing technology. And again, it doesn't matter what kind of technology you are looking for or that you want to use. Those are the kind of things that we need to go through. If you really want to make sure that uh, you are aligned and getting the stuff that will work in your business, so important. You've got to work the tool. If you're not working the tool, the tool's not going to work for you. Ladies and gentlemen, that is it for today's show. Thank you very much for being with me. I really appreciate it. I hope you got a lot of value from this and you're welcome to obviously share your thoughts in the comments. And uh, if you're watching the recording up to this point, thank you very much. We'll be back next week, same time, same place. Have a fantastic weekend. Stay safe. Be blessed. And remember to raise the ball. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Remember to check out the live show, at Propulsion Live, on YouTube every Friday at 7 a.m. South African time. You can find it at www.propulsion.co.za forward slash live. That's propulsion.co.za forward slash live. And please remember to subscribe, share with your colleagues, your friends, and anyone who may find value like you did in this podcast. Once again, thank you very much, and we'll see you in the next episode.